Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast, episode 21, which we're recording on Thursday, October 18th. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And what are you wearing today? <laughs> well, I was just telling Gail, I think I wore this a couple episodes ago, and now that I think about it, I think it... Do you remember the episode where we took the picture? I think this is the sweater oh, I was wearing. Okay. Oh, so, that's right. You were. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Oh, well. But it's super, super cute. <laughs> so now you guys know how much I actually really do wear this sweater called Drifting by Cicely Glowick McDonald, which I knit in abstract fiber super sock. And I have actually made two of these, one of them being gifted to my sister. And it is a loose cardigan open fronts no fastenings throw on over a t-shirt and that is why i wear it a lot <laughs> and it is perfect for the sunny indian summer weather we're having we are having Bruce. we are having very warm weather today it's it's got to be over 80 degrees it was 86 in my driveway yeah, when i left that sounds about so a right. little cooler than the last time we were here. right it is it a is little bit. but still it's a lovely october we're having here and my house stays cold cool cool in warm weather we're probably 10 to 15 degrees cooler inside so i have my little cardigan thrown over my tank top and i admit that i have stalked that yarn several times <laughs> since we took that picture because it's just such oh, a pretty happy is. color it is so i've stalked it but i've resisted all temptation to actually acquire it it's called, until stitches maybe yes <laughs> it's called the valentine colorway and it's pinks and purples light pink a little splash of orange thrown in there the main color is a bright pink and then it's surprise looks, surprise yeah <laughs> and it looks like the other colors are just splattered on there yeah it's really in nice. a very attractive way yes <laughs> i love it yes and once again i am not wearing a handbag <laughs> because of the temperature outside however beside me and i did model it for charlene before we started recording i have my corazon it's a finished object and Yay. i love it and I will talk more about talk that about in that finished, finished objects, objects but yes. I love it. I'm super happy. Finally, I found the right pattern for that yarn. Yay. Yay. So that was a very short, what are we wearing? <laughs> what are you stocking? Okay. So what am I stocking? I was telling Gail that I've had a very busy last week and I haven't really stocked that much. Last two weeks. Last two weeks, actually. But there was one pattern which led me to an entire publication which I have been looking at and I actually <laughs> went to the store to look for this publication wow. it is the latest issue of knit scene the winter 2012 edition yeah I thought that I would treat myself yeah to a magazine in the middle of a lot of things that are going on that are chaos and they did not have the latest issue they had Ugh. the last issue so did they not receive the new issue yet, or they've already sold out? They must not have put it out Never. or must okay. not have received it yet. So I'm actually thinking about purchasing the electronic version of it. Oh, I'm looking tempting. at Yeah, I'm looking into that because I want to make sure that I can get it as a PDF. Because if I'm not going to purchase the actual magazine then I would like to have it as a PDF and not as another format that requires an app to look at. Right. Because I want to be able to put my PDF into my PDF reader where I can make my own notations right. on it. So it's like a piece of paper. So we'll see. I don't know if I can do that. I haven't really researched that yet. If anyone has ever bought 
uh, electronic version of Knitscene and knows if it's available as a PDF, you can let me know. Cool. <laughs> but the two patterns that I have been looking at, the first one is called the Lucy Hat, and it is a hat by Karina Spencer. Super cute. Yes. And we have mentioned Karina Spencer on the podcast before, and I'm going to take the description of the Lucy Hat from the pattern page on Ravelry. It is a vintage style cloche featuring a short row fold over brim and woven contrast band which is a pretty good description (laughs) and so it's a little asymmetrical when you look at it from the front because on one side you fold up the band and it's it's a longer band on one side so you fold that up and then it covers a contrasting hat band that goes around the base of the hat itself and it's very, very cute. I don't know if I would really wear it, but it it drew my attention. <laughs> that was my thought to myself. Charlene uh, emailed me a link to it in Ravelry and said, oh, cute hat. And I looked at it and thought, oh, it's so pretty. But I would never wear it just because I don't think the cloche style is very flattering. I don't know. I, my think, head. I think I might try one. Can't you hurt know, to try I, it. Yeah, yeah, I used to wear hats a long time ago. <laughs> well, I I wear my hats, but well, that mean, particular style yeah, of hat. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I wear knit hats now, but I used to wear stylish hats. I did know, too. Back, back in the 80s, back I in loved the, Back hats. in the day, yeah. yeah. With I veils. Wore, do you remember the hats with I veils? I do remember those. <laughs> those were a little too Madonna for me. But. I love them. <laughs> But the sample for the magazine is knit in two colors of Madeline Tosh Vintage, which means that there are lots of substitutions available. Um, Like the vintage, I would obviously choose a yarn that is probably on the thicker end of worsted because you'd want something that's a fairly stiff fabric to create a hat that will stand up because it looks like the top of the hat doesn't actually sit on her head. It looks like it's a little bit taller than her head. Yeah. So you'd want a stiff. Not like B-52 style, but. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the 80s. Right. And then the second pattern that I have been looking at from the Knit Scene Winter 2012 issue is called Sideway Shawls. And I'm not sure about the name because it is one pattern and it's called shawls and it says sideway. So it's a little confusing, but it's sideway shawls written by Kyoko Nakayoshi. And she actually has two shawls in this issue, which I thought maybe that was why they were called sideways shawls. But then the second one has its own name. The second one is called the merging ripple shawl. But the sideway shawl is pretty. It's really pretty. It's a striped shawl created with short rows. And I think this one is somewhat crescent shaped. I can't tell. Yeah, the pattern pictures, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell from the pattern picture. It's certainly not triangular. Yeah. And the merging ripple shawl in the description of that one, they definitely say that that one is a semi-circular shawl so I'm thinking this one maybe is more of a crescent shape because I'm thinking they probably are a little bit different it reminds me of pendulum only the shape is very different from pendulum yeah the 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 thing that I well I like the stripes but the other thing that I like about this shawl in particular is that it doesn't look quite as long 
as in wingspan. Okay. It it has more length. It does. It seems more, to. Yeah, I understand. And what less you mean. wingspan. Does that make sense? <laughs> so instead of like, I prefer to wear shawlettes, generally speaking, which aren't very deep, mm, but mm-hmm. they have a big wingspan because yeah. I like to wrap yeah. them around my neck a lot. Yeah. This seems like a different style. In this that. is. It does seem this to stretch is. all the way down to past her waist right. in length. Right. And it wouldn't wrap around her as much as a shawl with a bigger wingspan. Right. Almost like a cape. Kind of, I was thinking that looking yeah. at the pictures. It seems kind yeah. of cape-like. But they do have it draped in one of the pictures more like a shawl. So I guess you can wear it both ways. It's multifunctional. It's multifunctional. The thing that I like about it is the way the short rows happen in the front. One side of it has the edges with the big stripes. So you have one, two, three, four, one, two, it looks like three to four stripes of big, bold, stripy color on one side. And then the other side has really thin stripes of color. So if you were to wear it as a cape, then you get one front looking different from the other front. Yeah, it almost looks like the swirls are smaller and form concentrically from one corner, like at the left front, that gets bigger as it moves around your back to the other side of the shawl. So they're narrow, closer together, and more of them on one corner, bigger, wider, farther apart on the other side. Yeah. I like it, though. It's really pretty. And then across your back, it looks really pretty the way they just kind of flare out. Yeah. From your, kind of from the bottom hip area all the way up to your upper shoulder, moving across your back in an upward motion. So this shawl looks like it's knit, actually both shawls look like they're knit bottom up. So I suspect that you have to cast on a lot of stitches, which yeah. may be a drawback for some people. It wouldn't bother me because if you cast on a lot of stitches, that means that you're decreasing yeah. as you go. Then you get shorter rows That's as you true. go. So I wouldn't mind. I think I might be willing to give it a try. <laughs> well, if you're going to buy the magazine, you'll have the I'm, pattern I'm anyways, thinking so. that I might, yeah. yeah. So, And then one of them is knit in sport weight. One of them is knit in fingering weight. So lots of yarn choices and substitutions available. And it looks like you could knit this one in two skeins of a larger sock yarn. I mean, one skein of each color. Right. So two skeins total. Two skeins total. total. Yeah. I'm really beginning to appreciate shawls with different weights of yarn as opposed Mm -hmm. to I tend to knit fingering weight shawls or sometimes lace weight shawls. But the Kahana Shawlette, which I want to knit, it's in my queue, it is a worsted weight shawl. And I'm looking forward to knitting that, especially since I gave away my Rowan Lima shawl to my mother-in-law. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a nice, warm, cuddly, thicker shawl. (laughs) They're so comfy. They are. It's less an accessory and more of an actual warmth garment to me. Right, right, right. So those are the two things that I am stocking. And as I mentioned the whole magazine i guess as well so well if you buy the magazine we can do a little review that's true because i've heard a lot of people (laughs) on a lot of different different threads mention different patterns from that magazine oh you have yeah i think there's a pair of winter slippers and there are there are yeah yeah, a couple other pattern names have been tossed around yeah there's there's a couple sweaters in there that are interesting i haven't researched them so i don't know if they would be something i would be interested in knitting but you never know yeah yeah yeah. gift knitting maybe (laughs) so i have been stalking 
as the last episode, same thing, The Amand Vest by Hilary Smith Callis. And even though I talked about it on the last episode, I hadn't stocked it in depth yet. And I've actually printed the pattern, read through the pattern. I've balled up my first ball of Madeline Tosh Erin yarn in the color Cobalt, which is a beautiful bright blue, ready to cast on. But I got sidetracked with a work in progress that I'll talk about later. And the vest is really interesting. After really looking through the other finished objects on Ravelry, I didn't quite realize because the pattern page pictures are dark. It's really cool. You knit it from the bottom up and you separate under the underarms for the fronts and the back. And there is a braided cable racer back on the shawl. Oops, the shawl. On the vest. <laughs> there is applied cable, applied I-cord cabling bind off and on the edges. And then after you've knit the body, you pick up stitches along the front, around the back of the neck, and down the other side. And what's really cool is then you knit perpendicular to the rest of the body. Oh. So you end up with this perpendicular, cool. yeah, all across the front. And the button oh. bands are worked into that part of the knitting. Well, that so, would be fun. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> tell from the pictures so much about that perpendicular part of the knitting. Right. And I admit the first time I read through the pattern, didn't read through it very carefully. So I went back, really read it carefully and thought, oh, so that's how she does it. That's really <laughs> cool. And it looks really pretty and just different from what I normally knit. It looks like something you would have seen <laughs> and said, oh, I really like that. So I'm really looking forward to knitting that now. And I will give you all the juicy details about the pattern itself. Probably our next recording because the I think there are only 19 FOs on Ravelry, but the people who actually put project notes in there said it was a very quick knit because oh. it's knit with bulky yarn. Right, right. I'm using a thick Erin weight yarn. So, so it'll go by really quickly. Yeah. So I think I'll have it done for no the next sleeves. episode. No <laughs> sleeves, no sleeves. And because it's a racer back, there isn't a lot of material to yeah. the back either. And there's no cowl to think about. And it has, it's a button up cardigan vest and it has a pretty deep V in the front. So you're obviously wearing something underneath this vest. It's right. not. Right. It's <laughs> like, a layering piece. Exactly. So I actually went out and got a couple long sleeve t-shirts yesterday oh. with that vest in mind. So I'm very excited about casting on for that very soon. Yay. And the other thing I am stocking category, once again, as I tend to do, headbands. Oh, I have really? all these little bits of worsted weight yarn. And I was thinking about it. And then I read a post. Someone posted in another group that they listed three or four uh -huh. different headband patterns. I had just queued a drops headband pattern that was free, hadn't cast on for it yet, and then saw these other four, three of which were free. And I was thinking to myself, now, every time I run, and I run several times a week, oh, I wear a headband because yeah. I have headaches, and if my head gets cold, mm -hmm. my headaches get worse. So I keep a polar fleece headband on when I run, and I thought, I could use some of my superwash wool and try to do that because mm -hmm. why not? I mean... Yeah, it's kind of icky to sweat all over your hand knits, but, you know, well, wash you it could... and you'll be fine. So I am stalking headband patterns and don't know if I'll have one knit by our next podcast or not, but I'm certainly going to try it and run with them, see how I yeah. like it, and maybe knit some as gifts for all of my running friends. Well, because you could even, if you find it's not warm enough, you could even make a the double fabric. Yeah. And you, yeah, you could... One, line it with fleece, or two, just knit a lining. Use a different kind of yarn yeah. and make it 
a lining. Ooh, that's a good idea too. Some of them, I think the cabled, there were, I think two cabled headband patterns. And I think the cabled ones would probably be thick enough for our cold weather. Because again, Santa Cruz, it doesn't really get that cold. But when you're running, if you're all sweaty anyways and your ears are exposed, you can get kind of chilly. So that's the other thing I'm stalking. And that's really fun because that's a stash busting type of project. Most of the patterns are free. And I think it would just be fun to have the kind of instant gratification knits. Yeah, a quick project. Yeah, in addition to the preemie hats Mm -hmm. that we've talked about. So that's what I'm stalking. Okay. What are you knitting? What am I knitting? Well, it's sitting here in my hands. I'm actually binding off on the body of my A-line hoodie, a pattern by Diane Susie which we have mentioned many times in the past because it's from the, is it? Knit, knit red. red. Yep. Knit Red Not collection. Stitch Red. <laughs> knit Red Stitching for Women's Heart Health book, which we are big fans of. And I have knit, let's see, it's a top-down sweater. So I have knit from the collar down the, down the body, separated out my arms, the yoke, that's the word I was looking there for. There we go. I had knit through the yoke, separated the arms, and then you knit, let's see, it's a few inches below the arms, and then you increase rapidly on one row, so there's a little bit of a flare, and I have knit down to the bottom of the body, and I have just finished my, I did a little bit more than one inch of seed stitch on the bottom, and I'm binding off now. And I think I made mine a little bit shorter than called for in the pattern. I I never pay attention to length in patterns. I just go by what you go by want. what I want. Right. So I'd have to go back and look at the measurements. But I remember thinking that it seemed quite long. And I tried this on, which is the beauty of top down. I tried it on, and my sweater hit me about where the sweater on the model hit the model. So I figured that's right good for place me. To stop. And it's a good place to stop. So I'm binding off. And I will see if the bind off that I have done is loose enough in a few minutes, which it looks like it is. Good, because I'd like to see you try it on. <laughs> I want to see how long you made it. Yeah. And I, I'm loving knitting with this yarn. I have to mention it specifically. It's the Misty Alpaca Tonos Worsted. And it is 50% Merino. 50% alpaca. So I am hoping that you get the warmth and the softness of the alpaca and the merino will help keep its shape. And I'm going to whine because it would make me itch because of the alpaca. Gail cannot sad. knit with alpaca. I can knit and... with it. I just can't wear it. Oh, you can really. I thought if you knit with it, you got all no, stuffy. No, it's mohair. Oh, mohair oh, I can't knit with. <laughs> I can knit with alpaca all day long. I just can't wear it. Oh, okay. Well, I am just loving the feel of this yarn in my hands as I knit. It just feels so good and soft and woolly and sheepy. Love, love, love it. And I am knitting mine in a jewel tone, pink magenta color. Their whole line is made up of rich, rich colors, jewel tones. I think we called them previously. And I would absolutely knit with this yarn again. And I have Absolutely. to mention, when we were at Knit Night, it was so funny. Charlene had her knitting sitting next to her. We were on the same little couch. And someone said, oh, Gail, what are you knitting? <laughs> and I said, actually, that's Charlene's project. And they said, but that's Gail yarn. 
very funny. Yeah, it is. But it that's is. your color too. You just haven't knit with pink in a long time. I just time. haven't knit. I'm usually in the purples, but but you is... have lovely pink yeah sweaters yeah. too. So I branch out every now and then. <laughs> I just keep looking at this. I just love it so much. It's really, I, just, really I love pretty. all their colors. I recently saw the Tonos worsted. There was a yellow and an orange and actually a deep, deep, deep purple that I had not Ooh. seen before. And those were all lovely. And I'm already trying to scheme and figure out how to get more of this and what I would knit if I got more of it. And it's I love lovely. the teal, the teal from that. The same, teal is really nice yeah, too. Yeah. When you got the they yeah. at Charlene shop, they got the pink, the teal, and purple too, right? All at the same mm-hmm. time, yeah, mm-hmm. all three, and yeah. we were holding all three colors in our hands <laughs> and getting them in different light and everything before I finally admitted to myself, "No, Gail, you may not buy alpaca <laughs> yarn. Put it down." So I'm hoping that it will wear well as well as knit well. I have read through knitters comments and i have not seen anything reporting that it has poor wear ability so i'm hoping that that is true and i ended up ripping out one section once and then another section a couple times because i found miss stitching miss stitches in my seed stitch pattern and in a couple cases it was in an area where I just decided to rip out a few rows. And so that didn't seem to affect the yarn at all. So far it's wearing really well. So I'm very happy with it. And I'm also happy that I can do wet splicing on this yarn, I have to say, because (laughs) I have been knitting so much superwash yarn that I haven't been able to use that technique for a long time. So that has been really fun because I, do not anticipate having a lot of ends to weave in. Have That's I been able to nice. wet splice my ends together? So. Did you want to give a brief description of wet splicing? To sure. Who may not know what sure. that means. All I have been doing is separating out the yarn. This yarn has four plies to it. So I have been separating out the plies for about an inch at the end. I snip off two plies from each end. And then I wet my finger, and I do use water, folks. I don't, Some people call it split, spl- spit, spit <laughs> splicing, but, you know, I just, it's not hard for me to use water. So I use water. And once I have that area with the two plies from each end, I overlap them to create four plies again, wet my fingers or my palm, rub it together, very vigorously. Very vigorously and basically felt the ends together. And then usually it's dry at that point when I'm done and I just go ahead and continue knitting and you can't tell. Yep. In fact, when I had to rip out a section, do you remember when I decided to rip out that section, I could not find my wet splice. I remember (laughs) you were looking and looking and you couldn't find it. So I just said, well, it's somewhere around here. I'll rip it out to this point and I did so, and you can't do wet splicing with superwash yarn because it's been treated so that it right, won't so felt. it doesn't felt. So you can't wet splice yeah. superwash. So this or has, cotton, right? It has to be an animal right, fiber. It has yarn. to be a feltable fiber, right? So this has been really 
nice to do. I anticipate not so many ends to weave in, so my finishing should be quick. Even yeah. though I'm not near to finishing yet, I still have sleeves and a hood. So, <laughs> but your the sweater itself has the the it's not a button band, but it has the edge treatment. The edge part is of the sweater as you okay. go down. So there are three buttonholes, which I have already completed. They were at the top um, on the, the yoke. yoke. And I will have to find three buttons. And if we're done recording in time, we're going to the button store. Yes, because we will. I need <laughs> And Gail, what are you knitting? Holding in my hands, I am knitting the most happy <laughs> colored yarn. I'm not even going to try to describe it. You're going to have to look on my project page because it's Every gale color put into one skein of yarn. With some other colors thrown in, I wouldn't ever normally choose for myself. Some of the greens... But they all look good together. They all look good together. Orange, green, yellow, I would normally never choose for myself. But in this yarn, they just make me want to sing. It's so pretty. So this yarn is Magnolia Sock from Western Sky Knits. The colorway is Pink Bow. That sounds like a gale name just all by itself, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And after we met Kim... I was stalking her projects, and she had a beautiful little child's hat that she had knit in this colorway that she dyes herself. And I PM'd her and said, I love that yarn. And she said, oh, well, I can dye up a batch for you if you want. Wow. And I said, well, I can't resist that offer. So here I am knitting what is called the 127-29 Shawl with Flounce. <laughs> that is a free pattern by Drops. 127-29. It's on my project page as well. The drops patterns are free. They are wonderful. They are in multiple languages and they are, I think, always free. This one is a little shawlette type of knit that will have a ruffle or flounce at the end. You do cast on a lot of stitches. Then there are eight rows of garter at the top. Then you place two markers and you do increases at those two markers to give it a little eyelet increase in those two areas. And as you knit the rest of the, the item in stockinette, you're actually putting five stitches from each end of the scarf on a holder at the end of each row. So each row gets mm. shorter because you're putting those five stitches on a holder. And then when I'm done knitting the body up to the number of increases in the pattern, then I will pick up all of those stitches I've put on the holder. So in the end, I will end up with my last row of stockinette picking up all of those stitches on the holder on both sides of the shawlette, and then I will increase to knit the flounce or ruffled edge. So basically, I will end up with a little narrow shawlette, so its length or depth won't be very long, mm -hmm. and it will have a nice big wingspan. So like mm -hmm. I said earlier, those are the type I preferred, so I can wrap them around my neck a lot, and this will match just about everything I own in my closet. <laughs> all of my hand knits, it will match, and all of my clothes, because if one were to look into my closet, you would see a lot of bright colors in solids. You would see some stripes also in bright colors, but you wouldn't see anything with a busy pattern on it. I don't do busy patterns in wallpaper or clothing or sheets or anything. I'm much more of a solid kind of person. So knitting with a variegated yarn is very unusual for me, but the colors in this yarn are just screamy happy colors. They are. So they are. when I received my yarn about a week and a half ago, I took pictures of it and fondled it and then put it in my stash. And I'm not kidding. Every single day I thought, ooh, 
I want to go look at my pink bow yarn. <laughs> I want to knit with my pink bow yarn. So as soon as I finished Corazon, I cast on for this one. And thank you to all of you in our group who have participated in the Ideas for Variegated Yarn thread. I was in that thread asking questions about oh. suggestions for patterns because with variegated yarn, typically you don't want to knit a pattern that has a lot of patterning to it, as in lace, cables, etc., because the variegation in the yarn typically disguises any patterning. So there were some excellent ideas in our thread for different projects, and thank you all of you for your suggestions. And I'm very happy with how it's turning out. So I'm looking forward to having this finished probably very soon. I'm already yeah. not quite halfway through the skein of yarn. So it'll be a while still. But it's so it's just super happy knitting. It <laughs> makes me happy. The, the colors are happy. It's super. Feel the yarn. It's a merino yeah, cashmere nice. nylon blend. So it's super squishy and wonderful. And I can't say enough good things about it. So thank you again, Kim. <laughs> I am also knitting the Tejite Scarf Shawl by Rami Hill, also known as Rosemary Hill. I may have mispronounced the name of that shawl. I'm not it's sure. the striped shawl from one of her shawl books. I think it was last year's mm -hmm. shawl collection. We saw a sample of this when we went on our yarn field trip, which we'll be talking about in a minute. And I've admired the shawl on Ravelry many, many times. And seeing the sample made me think to myself, okay, this is going into my queue. And sure enough, that day I went home, purchased the pattern. I had some other lovely yarn in my stash that I pulled out. It's my Canon Hand Dyes yarn from the Amy Lee Show on Etsy. And these colorways were inspired by Downton Abbey. <laughs> I am using one called Lavinia Swire, which is a beautiful jewel green color and the other one is Carson which is gray and they're both tonal very deep lovely colors and they are the stripes of the shawl so that one I just cast it on about a week ago and I spent one evening doing stripes it's a little bit fiddly the pattern to be honest because you knit two stripes in each color mm -hmm. and then you do a yarn over you do an increase on one of the colors and it requires some manipulation of the needles that I'm still not used to. And mm -hmm. then you have to switch colors every it's it's garter. So you're just doing mm -hmm. knitting back and forth, but still you have to switch colors every other row. So it's taking a little bit of getting used to. And then I yeah. just decided, ah, don't feel like being fiddly. <laughs> so cast on something else, but it's really, really pretty. So I yeah. forgot to bring it to show you, but I really like that one too. Rami Hill is a genius as far as I'm concerned for shawl designs. So oh, really? love okay. it. Yeah. All the, <laughs> Things that I've knit of hers, I've been really, really happy with. I don't with. know if I've knit anything by her. I'll have to look. Yeah, super beautiful shawl I know shawl I have patterns. one of her shawl pins. I have two, yeah. Yeah. So, so ever since you showed me that yarn, every which time one? I think of Downton Abbey, oh. the Downton Abbey-inspired yarn, and every time I think of Lavinia Squire, I imagine her wearing a dress in that color. In that, yeah. And I think at some point she must have actually worn that color I'm sure she to did. inspire the yarn. Right. And I don't actually remember it, but because of the yarn, I have now inserted that color into your memory. My partial memory of the show. Yeah. Yeah. The other colorway I purchased is called the Dowager Countess and it's a beautiful jewel purple. Yeah, that one is beautiful. I brought the three colors to the shop, one of the knit 
mornings and yeah. said, I need help. You guys help me decide. <laughs> the gray is for sure going to be one of the colors, mm-hmm. but which other color should I use for the contrast? After looking at the pattern page on Ravelry and passing the yarn around the group, we all determined it should be the Lavinia Swire green with the gray because it had the, <laughs> the, the better contrast. The yeah. purple, as lovely as it is, is a darker color. So the contrast wasn't as great mm-hmm. with the gray. So I will use those two colors together for something else beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, really color. Nice. I'm in a color kick right now. <laughs> so and it's funny the the pink bow in my hand couldn't be more different from the two colors I'm using Very for the different. Tay, So very different. <laughs> I'm on that's a color good. kick that doesn't even that's match. <laughs> Woohoo! There we go. So that's what I'm knitting. That's good. So what have you finished in the last two weeks? Actually, two and a half weeks since we recorded last. Two, well, I have finished the first thing I've already shown you. It's just a little preemie hat. We were talking about knitting easy preemie hats as projects to carry around last episode. And so, of course, after Gail talked about that, the first thing I did, I think that either that <laughs> night or the next night, was I cast on a preemie hat, nothing, no pattern, just cast on 72 stitches and went round and round and round. And I actually ended up with a, I think, I think I knit a couple rows, knit, and then I started ribbing, so there was a tiny little brim. But I just wanted to mention thank you to Cindy, a.k.a. Puffy Griffinclaw, who suggested just a basic rolled brim hat for preemie hats because she said for the caregivers that it's easier for them to get them over the tiny baby heads Yes, it's not ribbed, which is great because I love making just a basic knit-on brim hat so i'm gonna start switching just to a rolled brim brim for the preemie hats yeah Yeah, because that makes a lot of sense yeah i'm really glad she let us know that because i wouldn't have known yeah i wouldn't have known either and then actually one more thing related to cindy aka puffy griffin i just want to wish her a happy belated birthday (gasps) because she had a birthday recently she did and she she sent me a pm she mentioned how fun it was to send birthday wishes oh, to yes. other people who share your same birthday mm-hmm. but she mentioned one other fact that when you search for people with your same birthday you can limit that search by groups so you can actually limit your search to find people who are in groups you are members oh. of so you can find people who maybe you've had previous interactions with or participate in discussions with that kind of thing so very cool excellent and happy happy birthday Ravelry does not cease to amaze me. It's actually, I've noticed, I don't know if I just happened to notice the feature or if it's a new feature. I've mentioned before that one of my favorite things to do when I'm stalking a pattern mm-hmm. is to click the yarn ideas tab yes. where you see different yarn ideas. Yeah. Did you notice that at the top of that now it says yarns in my library? Oh, I have noticed that. I yeah. have never noticed that before. I, I think have it's noticed relatively that. I don't keep, new. I don't keep a lot of yarns in stash so I and you know I'm always looking to see what other yarns I can purchase but for those of us who do maintain our stash in Ravelry and some of us who are having a little bit of stash guilt at the moment and trying to knit only from stash I saw that feature and thought oh my gosh yeah I never noticed that before this is fabulous that's very cool so you can see what you have exactly you can see I'll have to try that and see I because I wonder if it just takes yarns that people have already used or if it will take 
anything from your stash that is the correct gauge. I wonder how it limits what it suggests. When I looked, it appeared to be projects that had already been knit in, in a yarn, yarn I had in my stash. Okay. So I could click that and see those projects. Right. Okay. Well, so I thought that was pretty awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I like that feature. <laughs> yeah. I so sorry too. to interrupt you. You oh, were talking no. about what you finished. No, we're all, this is all good. <laughs> so the second thing that I finished is my breezy cardigan. Yay. And let's see, I was just bringing up my information about that. My breezy cardigan. Because it's not on the table, so I didn't know. It's not on the table. Is a pattern by Hannah Fettig. And I knit mine in a lace weight. The Breezy Cardigan, Hannah suggests that you can knit it in a sport weight or fingering or lace weight as long as you knit it to gauge and like the fabric that you create with whichever weight you select. So I chose a lace weight. I knit mine in Madeline Tosh Lace, the Silver Fox colorway which is a, a very light silver gray. And let's see, I, I, I have to say that I, I find the sweater to be a little bit dressier than I thought I would. And I don't know if that's because it's so drapey in the front. You know, I tried it on and I, of course, maybe it's because I tried it on with nothing fancy. fancy. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh well, you know, I I think I think I could dress it up with more than just jeans or yoga pants or sweatpants. So <laughs> that we normally wear in Santa Cruz. Yeah, so I think it's going to be dressier. So I'm not sure how I'm going to style it yet, but I love the yarn. I love the fabric. Blocking the sweater turned out to be a breeze, I should say. Uh-huh. <laughs> kind of funny because. I mentioned previously that I have been knitting a lot of things in superwash lately. So this is a superwash yarn. So I soaked it from previous experience. I knew that once I soaked it, it would grow to gargantuan uh-huh. length, which it did. It would double in length. It, oh, it was below my knee. Yeah. You know, and I, I knew not to panic. I wasn't panicked and I wasn't worried. I... I didn't even really actually try it on. I just kind of held it up and said, yeah, it grew. (laughs) And so I tossed it in the dryer. And there's kind of this weird point. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but with a lot of superwash yarns, when they grow like that, and I've noticed it on another Madeline Tosh base, which, you know, not all yarns are going to be like this. It, it completely depends on the base, but there seems to be like a snapback point where you either get it, you either get enough of the water out of the fabric, or maybe it reaches a certain temperature and then boom, the yarn snaps back into shape. Okay. But 30 seconds before that, it's it'll still, still be, you know, tw- <laughs> doubled in length. And then that that 30 seconds goes by and it reaches that magic place, which I don't know what it is, but it reaches that snapback point and boom, it snaps back. So I'm always cautious. So I keep checking every couple of minutes and, you know, gargantuan sweater still, gargantuan sweater still, gargantuan sweater still. And then 30 seconds go by and boom, it's, it's snapped back. So I took it out and this yarn, it's lace weight. 
so the fabric is very thin and light anyway it didn't need to be pinned out or anything Excellent. i mean it was just, it was done when i took it out of the dryer it was blocked wow <laughs> i mean kind of weird to say that but it was i no, mean it was even a breeze it was because even i don't I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but sometimes when you have ribbing and ribbing meet at corners, mm -hmm. the ribbing will kind of bunch up. Kind of pucker? Kind of pucker a little bit so that the part that's going one direction and the part that's perpendicular, perpendicular to it, thank you, sometimes you feel like you have to pin it out to get it to make that perfect yes. 90 degree yes. angle. And this, it even looked fine for that wow. 90 degree angle point. So this, this one of them I noticed that I'll probably want to pin out and steam out a little bit. But mostly it looked really good. Excellent. So I can't wait was, to see it. That was a really simple, simple version of blocking. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but I like it. And I haven't taken pictures of it yet because I have, like I said, I have to figure out how to style it. And I don't... I don't think it's going to look really good with just jeans. I think it, it looks a little bit, it, it needs something a little bit nicer. You it's know, so funny, I wear the same thing every time I get those pictures. <laughs> well, you know, and this sweater, it, I had a hard time picturing how I was going to wear this sweater too, because the project pictures that Hannah Fettig originally, rele originally released to me, looked more casual, and her version of the sweater that she made initially was much, it looked shorter, and it looked like the fronts were shorter than the fronts on the pattern version that was released with the Quince and Company. Right. Booklet. I think they look slightly different, too. They do. And the, the second version, that one was much drapier, much looser. It looked less fitted and much longer and it looked like the fronts went longer on the model than they Wasn't did the model the kind original. of bent at the hips she's bent forward at the I hips can't in remember. the main picture too i can't I remember but i i went for the second look and i knit mine more loosely drapey and it definitely came out that way so i'm I need to figure out styling, but I'm very happy with it. <laughs> you can tell who's the more fashion-forward in this little team of podcasters. Charlene is definitely more fashion-forward than know I am. If, I don't know if it's fashion-forward. Fashion-conscious. I, I just felt like when I put it on with my jeans, I, it looked like, huh, I could, wear, I could dress this up a little bit more. So I have to think about it. It's cute. My 13, total derail here, my 13-year-old <laughs> daughter, Josie. She is suddenly becoming a little more fashion conscious. Oh. She, up to this age, has been pretty much the least fashion conscious child you could imagine, which is much <laughs> to my delight. And she is attending a semi-formal event this weekend oh, with wow. most of the people from her school, her oh, middle wow. school, at least her grade. And she needed to go shopping because we didn't own anything that still fit her oh. that was semi-formal. And... She went shopping with her friends. I took them all to the mall, but I didn't attend, you know, go to every store with them. Yeah. And the dress she purchased, I don't know if I would have let her purchase it if it was just me shopping with her. Right. But she looks 
absolutely amazing in it. Oh, does she look real grown up? She does. Oh. That's the problem. She no longer <laughs> looks like my little girl. She looks much older than she mm. is. She is more curvaceous than I am, we could say. Mm-hmm. And she walked out in the dress, and I just didn't even know what to say. She looked wow. so pretty, but so grown up. And we determined that if she wore a tank top underneath the dress, which mm-hmm. doesn't detract from the dress, it just makes it much more appropriate, mm-hmm. she could keep it and wear it. And it was very cute because my 10-year-old son, who is extremely fashion conscious, said to me later when she wasn't in the room, he said, Mommy, are you going to let her wear the dress? And I said, yeah, as long as she wears the tank top like we decided. He said, Mm -hmm. I am so glad because she looks so pretty in her new dress. So very cute. That so that's and they're from a mother who I am really not very fashion conscious <laughs> at all. I'm probably way behind the times in fashion because I just wear whatever's comfortable. But that's just me. So yeah. wow. Yep, they grow up, and it's a sad thing. So. <laughs> it's not sad. I shouldn't say sad. I, I'm glad it's that my children are growing up. But yes, thing. there a are mixed. the melancholy moments yeah. of the growing yeah. up process. Definitely. <laughs> All right, so back to finished objects. Sorry, didn't mean to totally take well, over Well, those there. are my two. How about you? What have you finished? Okay, so I finished two preemie hats. I finished the one I was knitting in our last episode, mm-hmm. and I finished one other, which I held the yarn doubled and shouldn't do that because it made for too stiff of a hat. So lesson number one, Gail, do not hold (laughs) yarn doubled for preemie hats. But Julia, Mind of Winter Designs, uh, posted, or actually she PM'd me on Ravelry and said, what about having a knit along for a preemie hat? And I think it's a fabulous idea. There are a lot of other knit alongs happening right now. And there have been a lot of preemie hat knit alongs in the past in different groups. However, Charlene and I are going to be knitting some preemie hats between now and end of the year probably and we should i should just mention that it's traditionally for the last couple of years we've just knit a lot of hats around the holiday season right just because we do a lot of charity knitting during the holiday season and also there's a lot of family get-togethers there's a lot of time in the car and it's just for some reason, it just seems to work out that we do a lot of hats in the winter time. Maybe because it's cold. It's winter time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that would make sense. And I've, for the last three years, I've tried to, it's 2010, I'm going to oh, knit right, 10 charity hats. Right. 2011, I'll knit 11. Right. So this year, as we talked about in the last podcast, my aunt donated a bunch of yarn to me. I'm knitting preemie hats to give back to her group, who's going to give them to the Lucille, Lucille Packard Children's Hospital at Stanford. I have not been able to contact the woman in charge of their program at Lucille Packard Hospital. I am still working on that. But here is what I would like to do. Charlene and I decided maybe an informal knit along for preemie hats slash charity hats. We're not going to make it a big deal. We won't necessarily have any prizes associated with it. What I'll do is I'll open a thread in our group. And if you want to knit preemie hats or charity hats and you want to show them off, please do because it's inspirational to everybody. If you have suggestions, ideas, etc., pattern suggestions, yarn suggestions, it's great. Everybody likes to hear them. If you do not have a local newborn ICU unit or hospital, I will gladly accept anything you guys want to send to me and just PM me on Ravelry and I'll send you my mailing address. And I will give all of those hats to my aunt's knitting group along with mine and Charlene's. If you already have your own local charity slash hospital, definitely you're going to want to give them to your local group. However, Mm -hmm. same with any type of child to adult size hats. We have a homeless shelter here in Santa Cruz that is a family shelter. 
So all of my other hats that aren't preemie size go to the homeless shelter. So again, if you don't have a local group for some reason, feel free to send those to me and I will don bring them down to the homeless shelter. Josie and I, that's an annual thing we do. We go down to the homeless shelter together and donate our hats. So informal group well, or informal knit along, I'll <laughs> open a thread in the group like I just described and let's spread some holiday yeah. warm head cheer. And I definitely encourage you to check around in your own community yeah. for places to donate. I'm an advocate of involving yourself in any way you can. Locally. In, locally, mm-hmm. yeah. So definitely look around. You might be surprised. You might find some place that you didn't know existed. You you may find something local that will fit great for what you would like to donate. So yeah, have a look. <laughs> okay, so what else have I finished? I finished my Montreal hat, which was the pattern by T. Shep that I mentioned last episode. That's Tamara. Fabulous free pattern. I knit mine in Tosh Merino Light, which is a fingering weight yarn in the colorway Geode. It took a long time to knit because it's fingering weight yarn. However, I love the end result. The only modification I made is I knit one fewer repeat of the cable appearing. They're actually twisted stitches that make it look like a cable. And I knit one fewer repeat of those because I didn't want the hat to be too slouchy. And it's perfect the length it is for me and my head. The skills you will need are knitting in the round, front twist and back twist, which you can do either with or without a cable needle. I did them without a cable needle. Increasing and decreasing and binding off. Tamara is great in terms of responding to questions for her patterns. All of her patterns, I believe, are free. She has several hats. She has a really cute cowl. And this is her second hat I've knit. I love them both. The other interesting part of this particular hat pattern is the way she did the decreases at the crown because there are three, three sections that are garter stitch and then the cable, garter stitch and the cable, three of those that go around the hat. At the top, when they all all the decreases occur and it meets at the tippy top, she did an excellent job with the decreases to make it look flawless, the way mm. it all comes together at the top of the crown of the hat. So, excellent hat. It's going to be really great for wintertime. I can shove it into my pocket. It doesn't take <laughs> up a whole lot of space and multi-purpose, and hopefully it won't fall off of my head and get lost. Right. Like my I, was red just, I was just thinking about that hat. Yes, I had a horrible mishap. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. I don't think you have. The Rose Red Beret by Yasolda Teague. I knit two of them, one for myself, one for a gift for a friend. Loved it, wore it all the time, and it was a slouchy beret. Mm-hmm. And one day I wore it to pick up my son from school. I got home, sat down at my computer to work, reached up to adjust my hat, and my hat was gone backtracked, went back to the school, walked through the steps everywhere I had gone, no hat anywhere. So someone I hope is wearing my hat with much happiness because I, I'm not. <laughs> I keep telling Gail that one of these days, I'll see either around one town. of us, we're going to see somebody walking around town with it because it's such a distinctive hat. Number one, it's hand knit. Number two, it's got the pattern. Beautiful pattern. Beautiful pattern. And I just cannot see somebody picking up this hat and putting it in the trash you know i, I hope not well, that's oh what my I gosh mean. i hope not I, it, it's too, it was beautiful I, yeah. I you know and you looked in the lost um, and found lost and found at school and it's just one of those things that you just wonder where did it go and so 
it's got to be on somebody's head. Yeah, you know? what I think probably <laughs> happened is where my son goes to school, that's a lot of traffic for UC Santa Cruz. And mm. a lot of students walk by there that's true. on their way to that's and from UC true. Santa Cruz. So I'm hoping a student found it on the ground, yeah. picked it up, and claimed it. Yeah. Because otherwise it would have ended up at my son's hopefully, preschool. Hopefully prop, a student who will appreciate school. it. And, and wear, wear it. it. Exactly. Yeah. As long as someone's wearing it, I'm happy. Right. If it right. ended up in a trash can somewhere, right. I don't want to know. <laughs> then that would be heartbreaking. It would be. But yeah, it'd be kind of funny or interesting, I should say, to one day be walking I around know. town and hey, see somebody. Because, hat. yeah, what would you do? Would you I don't think that? I would say anything. No, I no. wouldn't either. But I would tr- probably try to get a picture of it to show no, you. <laughs> stop them to take a picture. I'd be super happy to know it was being worn. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Actually, it would be interesting to stop them, tell them the story of yeah. it, and take a picture and, you Say, know, I don't want it them. back. Right. I just am right. glad to know exactly. someone is exactly. wearing it. Exactly. That would be interesting. Well, but again, hopefully my Mont Royale hat will not fall off of my head <laughs> and become another tragic story of knitting gone into the lost and found. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I also finished my Corazon by Julia Trice, who is Mind of Winter on Ravelry. I love this sweater, you guys. Okay, so this is the yarn that was Buttercup version one, Buttercup version two, and now is Corazon. It is an all-over lace pattern knit from the top down with raglan shaping. Three-quarter length sleeves in the pattern, which is an awesome pattern. And I'm not saying that because she gifted it to me. I'm saying it because that was my opinion. There are options for three-quarter or full-length sleeves, and there are options for shorter body and standard body. I think there was only a one lace repeat difference between the two. My modifications, I did knit it a little bit longer because I had enough yarn to do so and I wanted to not have to be pulling it down constantly because I don't like it when things ride up over my hips. So I modified that and I did modify the lace on the sleeves a little bit. So my, where you do the decreases as you're knitting down the sleeves, I did a little bit more lace by making half of a lace repeat instead of just stopping a full lace repeat and doing stockinette, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. That makes sense. So, things you would need to know to knit this pattern. You would need to know how to sweater knit in the round from the top down. The increases are very easy. The lace pattern is very easy to memorize. I think it is a 14 row repeat of nine stitches. So the lace repeat is nine stitches long. It repeats for 14 rows. Very, very easy to memorize. Generally speaking, I do not memorize my lace patterns when I knit because I, my brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> this one, I memorized it very, very quickly. Oh, you did? Yeah. I didn't, I did I not have to refer either. to my chart at all. Huh. The little bit of lace pattern is charted, but not written out. But like I said, it's only nine stitches long and 14 rows uh, deep. Therefore, if you wanted to write it out yourself, it would be very simple to do so, but I don't think any lace knitter would have any trouble reading that chart. Even if you're a brand new lace knitter, I don't think you'd have trouble reading the chart. So the basic lace skills you'd need would be yarn over, slip slip knit, knit two together, and slip slip the stitch, knit two together, and pass the stitch over the top. The other fabulous thing about the pattern is the schematics. So Charlene has been talking a lot about schematics and I'm gonna wrinkle paper here so that she can see the schematic because I wanted to show her. There are measurements on the schematic for seven different measurements on your body. Three, four, five, six, seven. 
Eight. There are eight different schematic measurements, including arm, scythe, cuffs, etc. So you can measure pretty much any part of the sweater you want to fit your own body. There are also 10 sizes in the pattern, which to me is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Sizes ranging from 27 inch bust up to a 53 and three quarter inch bust. So regardless of the size of your body, you will be able to find a sweater size in this pattern to fit you. And because it's an all over lace, it form fits to flatter your body. So regardless of your size and shape and dimensions, it's going to look flattering on just about everybody. So these are all pluses for the pattern for me. I didn't have any minuses for the pattern. There weren't, there wasn't anything I found that was incorrect or difficult to understand. She also goes to the extra steps of providing at the end of every section. So for example, at the end of the yoke increases. She tells you exactly how many stitches you should have, exactly how many rows you should have knit, etc. which a lot of patterns don't do that for you. They might say knit two inches and not give you any idea of how many stitches you should have at the end of that if you're increasing or decreasing. So that was very handy and convenient. There's also a lot of written description in terms of this is how you incorporate the lace increases with the yoke increases for the raglan shaping. So that's very convenient too. She she wrote it out very clearly. So I think that was all I wanted to say about the pattern itself. I'm looking at my notes here, but that was it. Excellent pattern. So I highly recommend it. Thank you again, Julia, for giving me the pattern. I think it, the original, the the genesis of the whole pattern gifting, I commented on her project in Ravelry and said, what a pretty sweater. And she responded and we kind of went back and forth. And I said something about wanting to comment about the pattern on the podcast. And she said, well, you've never knit anything of mine. So here's a pattern, knit something of mine before you comment on my knits, because you don't have any idea of my pattern writing skills. And I thought, well, that's amazing. Here's a designer who really wants me to speak in an informed way. So she gifted a pattern to me. She gifted a pattern to Charlene. And when I started talking about it on the podcast, she donated a copy of the pattern to be gifted to one of you. <laughs> so I had the thread open in our group. Unfortunately, I didn't open it as promptly as I had intended to. I apologize. But we had 38 posts and we did the random number generator from 2 to 38. And number 18 is our winner. She is Xanthe, X-A-N-T-H-E-Y on Ravelry. Real name is Erica, and she lives in Kirkland, Washington. And Erica, I will have Julia gift you that pattern on Ravelry. So congratulations. Yay. I hope you do knit it. And I had great fun. And like I said, Julia, I didn't actually have any questions for her as I knit yeah. it. But nice. she's very responsive in general. So if you had any questions, I'm sure she wouldn't hesitate to answer for you. And Erica, we can't wait to see your exactly. version of the sweater because as I look at Gail's, once again, now I think I want to knit it because Gail and I apparently cannot knit anything independently of each other. Yes, if one of us knits it, the other at least wants to. We may not actually do it, or we haven't done it yet, but, but that's we, not the same yeah, It ends up somewhere on the queue yep. or the list or the wanting. It's pretty funny. We are. But it's gorgeous. Yes, it's our, really, our really gorgeous. Similar. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to mention is on our last episode, we talked about different ways to determine whether or not to purchase a pattern, different mm -hmm. questions to ask mm -hmm. of the designer, etc. 
And that sparked a very lively discussion that in our Ravelry group. That has been group. a great very discussion. Very informative. I have been so happy that you all have been participating in it and sharing your views, sharing information. It's It's been great because Gail and I have long talked about this behind the scenes. And so we are so happy that we've sparked information sharing and learning and just great discussion. Yeah. And <laughs> I think one of the first people to comment on the thread was Julia. Mm -hmm. And she had some amazing insight from the designer's perspective. Mm -hmm. And it was very useful information and it very was. helpful to me as a knitting consumer about whether or not I right. want to purchase patterns. Right. And, you know, most of my comments that I think I mentioned last time really pertain to purchasing a pattern sight unseen, which is when you really have the most questions. When I purchase a book or a magazine, I actually get the chance to preview the product I'm purchasing. And so I feel in that case, I can make a much more informed decision about whether I want to purchase it or not before the purchasing takes place. But the problem with purchasing a pattern on Ravelry is that you're, you're purchasing something sight unseen. Right. So we definitely hope that all of these comments will help you evaluate much better so you don't get that disappointed experience. Potential disappointment, <laughs> Potential disappointed experience. So if you yes. haven't already read through our thread from episode 20, please take a read through and offer your own comments if you haven't already, because I think this is something we'll end up revisiting in I a future so. episode. I think so. Yeah, there I, were some I think great... there's definitely more to say yeah. on the issue. And I know uh, a lot of people really wanted to hear prices, what people were willing to pay. And I kind of avoided mentioning that on the podcast just because internationally it's hard for people to hear one price and, and not know how it translates. But in the discussion thread, people are putting some dollar figures. dollar figures in there. So if you are interested in that and have not read the thread, go take a look. Yeah. And there was, I've been doing this all day. There was something else I was going to say, and now I can't remember what it was. Well, hopefully it will come back to me. But very good thread, very informative there's just a lot of information there yeah, that made me actually stop and think. It's like, wow, mm -hmm. I never thought about mm -hmm. that. And again, congratulations, Erica. And again, thank you to Julia. Now, we're going to take just a few minutes because our episode's already at a minute, an hour and two minutes. Very quickly, we wanted quickly. to talk about a field trip we took two yeah. weeks ago where we were lucky enough to once again meet some Ravelers, uh, Ravelers, I cannot speak, <laughs> in real life, Nitty Barb and Tracy, who are the podcasters of the Two Knit Lit Chicks podcast. They live a little bit up the coast, north really up of the us. coast, north, north of us. Of us yes. And we all converged on the local yarn store called A Verb for Keeping Warm, which is in Oakland, Oakland slash Berkeley. Yes. Okay. And it was a very, very fun day. It was. We had so much was, fun. We had so much fun. And if you listen to the two Knit Lit Chicks podcast, Barb and Tracy talked a little bit about it in their last episode too. We we just had a great time. They're both wonderful women, wonderful knitters. Just we like had, they sound on the podcast. Yeah. They, their personalities are just like you would think they would be from their podcast. <laughs> we had a great time and we got to see some new to us yarns. yarns. And that's what we wanted to talk about because 
I personally, I love hearing about yarn from other knitters because I don't always get a chance to see it in real life. Obviously don't get a chance to knit with every yarn I want to try in real life. And hearing from another knitter what they thought of something if they had the chance to see it and touch it and sniff it if you want to <laughs> is very useful for me. So hopefully you guys will find this useful as well. So we're just going to go kind of through the list with some highlights of what we saw that was new to us. And did you want to go first? Um, Sure. And I'm going to move my notebook so that we can both see it. I took, I think I'm a little bit more um, OCD when it comes to notes. And well, I knew walking into that store what I wanted to look at. For me, there were two that were memorable that I wanted to see. One of them and one of them, well, this one is one that Gail also wanted to see. It was the Imperial Ranch yarn and gail has written the tracy two sport white yarn which we were both excited to see unfortunately there was not a color that i was ready to purchase but it's a yarn base that i would like to see more of and i'm hoping that we get to see more at stitches maybe? right hopefully i did not write down is it a hundred percent wool oh yes it's and 100% it's not super wool. wash not super wash very lofty 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 when you look at the yarn it looks a lot thicker than it actually will knit to Isn't and when you and when you hold it in your hand it looks like it should weigh more than it actually weighs. Right. so it's imperial ranch is the same yarn company that provides or provided past tense the base for madeline tosh's erin e-r-i-n yarn and then Madeline Tosh dyed it with their own dyes. Well, Imperial Ranch is the yarn company, and they, of course, sell their own yarns. And Tracy, too, is their sport weight. So I have experience knitting with their worsted weight base, with which I love. Because, for example, if I knit a sweater with the worsted weight Malabrigo and a sweater in the worsted weight Imperial Ranch, the Malabrigo sweater is much heavier and much denser on my body than the Imperial Ranch, which is very lofty very wooly in terms of fibers that grab each other and hold hands so if you had a drop stitch in the imperial ranch yarn it would not unravel it would stick and hold so lovely lovely yarn and it's going to produce very very warm garments yes because it's so lofty it mm -hmm. would trap a lot of air in there and i think it would be very very warm but we both definitely want to see more of that uh, another yarn that we saw for the first time was a yarn from Quinsome Company called Turn. It is 75% wool and 25% silk in a fingering weight, but it is not superwash. So unless you like hand washing your socks, probably not recommended for socks, but more for garments, perhaps, knit in the fingering weight. To me, when I looked at that, the base was really similar to the Spud and Chloe Fine, which is which has a very similar fiber content, but the colors were just very muted, whereas yeah. the Spud and Chloe's are popping more bright. Yeah. Well, our, I think all four of us, our general opinion on the Quince and Company was the palette isn't something that called to any of us, the whole palette right. of colors, but some of the individual colors we liked because the way it was displayed was around the edge of a table because they received it recently. Yeah, I think it was so. one of their newer yarns. Yeah. So it was in a very visual, high visibility place in mm -hmm. the store. 
But my first thought when I looked at it was, oh, I wouldn't knit with any of those colors. But when you picked up an individual color and took it away from the rest, it was more appealing. I think all four of us agreed on that. Yeah, I agree. And I I would like to try it because I've heard a lot about this yarn, but it just, I didn't purchase any that day, which is not to say that I may not in the future, but it was really nice to see it because I've, as I mentioned, I've seen, I've heard so much about this yarn. It was the only Quince & Company yarn that they had in stock, and I believe they're going to have others in the future. Right. I wanted to see their thicker bases, and yeah. they didn't have any yeah. yet. Yeah. So one of the other yarns I was looking forward to seeing was Swan's Island yarn, which I have never seen in real life before. They unfortunately only had two skeins of fingering weight yarn left in the shop, and neither were colors that I liked personally but it felt wonderful it was soft it was a lot of yardage it i don't was. remember exactly i, I didn't write it down either. but it was a good bargain the amount of yards you got in a one skein put up when we later went to a second yarn store on our way home called yarn dogs they had the worsted weight swans island in stock and the color beetroot Oh my goodness. I am going to own that someday. It was absolutely beautiful. So Swan's Island fingering is way up on my list. I don't know if I'm so interested in the worsted weight just because I think it would be too warm for here, Maybe. but the fingering I will definitely acquire at some future date. And we didn't say in two yarn stores, how much money did we spend in two yarn stores? Six dollars and twenty-eight right. cents, or something, between the two of us. It wasn't a shopping day. It was more of a, a looking and information gathering day. Although I was prepared to shop, I had my birthday <laughs> money burning a hole in my pocket, but I didn't find anything. I just had to have. So at Verb for Keeping Warm, we also saw, and this was my first time seeing it in real life, Plucky Knitter, her fingering weight yarn. I don't remember exactly what the base name was, and. For all the raving I hear about plucky yarns, I personally didn't feel the need to own it. (laughs) So there were quite a few colors they had just received. Oh, they had just received her sport weight too. Oh, that's right. So they had a lot of colors in fingering and a lot of colors in sport. There was an olive olive bar, I think was the name of the color that all three of you loved. It It was really pretty. For me, it was just a, it would have been cost prohibitive. Yeah. For a entire garment. Yeah, to knit a garment with it would be very pricey versus if you were just going to knit a smaller item would be more economical. They also have their own brand of Verb for Keeping Warm yarns, which are all naturally dyed, and they have many different bases that are all very, very pretty. Didn't end up buying any, but very pretty just to look at. And another brand, those were all, I think, either indie dyers from America, or they were American-produced yarns, etc. Like Swan's Island, Quince & Company, and Imperial mm-hmm. Ranch are all Made milled, yeah. grown, sheared, and milled, I think, in America, for anyone who's interested. Isager, I-S-A-G-E-R, is another brand I'd never seen before, which I was really looking forward to seeing. They had only lace weights of that brand in stock, but beautiful colors, They had a 100% alpaca lace weight of theirs that all four of us were fondling at different (laughs) points during the day. Again, I didn't purchase any, but it definitely was very pretty. And someday I will definitely 
knit with that yarn. Yeah. I really liked yeah. it. There was like that cranberry like color yeah. that I really liked. <laughs> but it went back you on the wall. I had that I had too many I have too much lace weight in my stash already. I feel the same way. And then when we traveled on to Yarn Dogs, local yarn store in Los Gatos, California, which we really like and we I go to it regularly on the way home from work sometimes. I'd say like a couple times a year I go to Yarn Dogs. <laughs> they also had Blue Heron brand bamboo lace yarn. That was phenomenally beautiful. It was, they had a garment knit up in it that was so soft and so fluid and drapey and gorgeous. It's that bamboo, bamboo, has bamboo. Lots of drape. Yeah. And I was holding a skein and we were going back and <laughs> forth debating whether I should buy it or not. And I finally again said to myself, You have too much lace weight. You must not buy more lace weight yarn. So I didn't buy it, but that is something I will probably. Think about it's definitely on Think the potential yeah. stash enhancement list because it was they have so many pretty colorways they and their do. colors are they so do. deep the way the bamboo takes the dye it was you know very what? saturated and lovely you don't have to buy everything right away because there's always more yarn. i know that's charlene tells me that all the time there's always more yarn and there <laughs> there are actually very few yarn companies in my opinion that when you see it and you like it in person, you should buy it right then. Right. Madeline Tosh is one of those. Just because the dye lots are so different. And right. If so, you see a color that you like, the next time you see that dye lot, it may look completely different. Yeah. So. Not to say they don't try to keep the colors very similar. But well, I we should, should say, preface that with, in my experience. Yes. And yeah. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> so as you've heard me talk about, even in the same dye lot, you have to alternate skeins. Right. So imagine from one dye lot to the next. Right. So I've purchased, for example, I had Molly Ringwald, the colorway on Tosh Merino Light, two different batches, same base, same colorway, completely different color than the other. So I had four skeins in one color that were much darker and deeper got a fifth skein that was so much more pale that it didn't even look like it was the same colorway. So that's just one of the charms of Madeline Tosh yarn. But pretty much every other yarn I've experienced personally, you can order it in the future right. in that colorway right. and you'll right. be very, very happy with the results. So, right. And my $6.38 or $0.28 cent purchase was a Haya Haya needle cable, cable for my interchangeable right. needles. So that's all I purchased. <laughs> Yay! I'm so proud of myself. So those were the highlights besides meeting Barb and Tracy of our yarn field trip. And hopefully you found some of that information useful. Thanks for sticking with us for a little bit longer episode yes, this week. Thank you very much. We keep looking at the clock. I know. Like, oh, no, we got to go. We got to go. So happy knitting to you all. Thank you again for all the love and support. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. You can find us on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a growing Ravelry group, and you can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs. Goodbye and good knits!